0: But wait, there's more. Time to go back to the buffet line and grab a second plate and have a little bit more of Lenny Castro. Lenny Castro calls percussion the pulse of the universe. He says the universe has a pulse. And you can hear that in him when we rejoin the conversation for part two. This is the F2F podcast. Faith to form. Thanks for listening. Here's part two. It seems that you have played with everybody from A to Z, and then if there was more of The Alphabet, you would have probably played with them as well, Lenny. Uh, I mean, it's incredible, and it must have been an incredible experience for you all these years too Mm -hmm. as well. You also have have, Standing on Your Own Merit. You've got uh, uh, some Lenny tracks out there. Hands of uh, Silk and Stone was a 2018 release, and that's a great album as well. Thank you. Congratulations on that. Thank you very Uh, much. You know, we get back to the thing that you're doing what you're doing. Well, you're all doing what you love doing. It's just, it's just a great thing. But I wanted to know: is is there somebody that you still would like to perform with that you haven't had a chance to 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 do a live performance or tracking session?
1: Go, Larry. (laughs) For I mean, there was most of the people that I wanted to play with passed away. Like Miles Davis, I wanted Mm -hmm. to do that gig. I wanted that gig so bad. And I was actually um, considered for the gig at one time. Um, I think Vince, uh, Vince Wilburn, his uh, nephew, got in touch with me and said, you know, Miles wants, needs a percussionist, blah, blah, blah. Can you submit a tape? Which is something I never did. Um, a tape? A tape okay. of stuff that I've done. But I, for Miles, I'm, I did it. Okay. I made the tape, took it to him in Malibu. Uh, not too long after that, I did a showcase with Joe Sample in Hollywood. And by that time it had gotten around Hollywood that I was being considered for Miles' band. And Tommy LaPuma called me up and says, Yeah, you need to be in it. And Al Schmidt called me up and said, You need, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. So I do the showcase with Joe Sample. Tommy LaPuma brings Miles down yeah. to see the showcase so I can meet him. And uh, this, you know, I, I we do the gig and everything like that. We have a great time. I go to the booth where Miles is, and I'm behind Miles, and LaPuma says, Hey, Miles, this is the cat you need in your band, Lenny Castro. Miles says, Why does Lenny Castro? Miles turns around. I took my hand, shook, took my hand out to shake his hand. He took my hand, turned it around. And I had just finished playing. I had just finished being on the tour. So my hands were pretty rough and hard. He looked at it, he went and looked at it, he said, Oh man. And that's all he said. And then turned around and went back to his conversation. I was like, oh. <laughs> So. I mean, and that's not the end of the story. So me and Joe go on the road that summer. We go to do the uh, North Sea Jazz Festival, and who's playing there? Miles. So I go to Joe. I said, Joe, man, come on, Pee Wee, let's go see. Let's go see what's happening with Miles, man. I want to see who he got on percussion because I heard rumor that he got somebody else. It wound up being his son. It just—I was very disappointed. <laughs> and then, shortly after that, he passed away, and uh, you know, I never got a chance to to do that gig. But I wanted that gig really bad. That, that and
2: Weather Report. Wow. Oh, you got those gigs.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys are. You guys are. That's what the passion is about. It's a hunger. It's a desire yeah. to really dig in and go to the back to the buffet line and get some more. Oh yeah, I, I
1: wanted to make. Yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, this is how things should be. This is this is, because according yeah. to Lenny Castro, I want to do it the way I think it should be. You know,
0: that's, the, hey, book. that's yeah, the book. That's the book, Lenny. That's yeah, the I, book.
1: I wanted. Hey,
0: to- I was I was reading about a thing that you did called a jazz mobile a while back. Oh, uh, oh yeah. And, and I think that's just a really cool thing, and I, I want that to lead into the F2F uh, uh, Faith to Form music. Yeah, Val, F2F needs a jazz mobile. Can't you see it like an old fifties bus, and and it's called the Jazz Mobile,
2: and it goes. Okay.
1: To that's exactly. Do you remember Wait. that? You ever see that, bell in New York? No, but because just, I was I was real young. I was maybe. 15 or 16, I was working with the Latin bands. I was working with Johnny Colon. And wow. that's how I got to do the Jazzmobile because they would come through my neighborhood and El Barrio up on East Side. And I wound up playing on doing what we wound up, you know, being hired by the city. I think it was run by the city. Wow. And it was a wonderful thing, because it was a flatbed, you know, you, the band set up on the flatbed. It rolled out into a block. The block was roped off. And it was the beginning of a block party. And it was so much fun. I got to see Alatunji.
3: He did one. Uh, I was just thinking about him earlier. Yeah, the percussionist, the the African percussionist? Yeah, he came to my school when I was in junior high school and let me come up on stage with, I had a set of these uh, sparkle bongos. Mm. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, bring your drums up, come on. I was like, y'all cool, I got my red sparkle. Yeah, (laughs) sat up between my legs and I'm playing with all the tunes. Yay! (laughs) That jazz mobile
1: was a great thing for the neighborhood. I mean, in those days, there were so many great programs. I mean, that's... One of the reasons why I, I had a lot of help, the boroughwide, the, Borough the all-city high school, Third Street Music School. Oh my God, Third Street Music School was incredible, and I yeah. took advantage of all these things. You know, I yeah. I, I went to boroughwide. I got to play at Carnegie Hall at sixteen with Manhattan Boroughwide Orchestra. Wow! I mean, you know, and of course the teachers say, "Hey, you, you know, when you when you go down to when you go when you come when you go for a sound check." You can't find it. And you ask somebody, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? If they tell you practice, you can hit them over the head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: like, I'm already playing there. Don't worry about it. Right. Don't <laughs> I, but that, that jazz, it
0: just struck me. It's like, dude, we need one of these jazz mobiles in Houston. We need one. Oh, so man. I want you guys, great, great. all you three guys, to talk about um, uh, things that relate to the Faith to Form F2F Music Foundation. Because you're all so dialed into, you know, going back to the jazzmobile thing, it all ties back to what F2F is all about. And that's engagement of students with music and young people. Yeah. So you three talk for a while. I just sit back and and, and have my uh, awesome. San yeah. Pellegrino here. Okay. And,
3: and, and that's one of the things that we're actually launching right now. Uh, if you guys didn't know, in uh, the school district here locally, which is mm-hmm. a music workshop. So I'm bringing in you know, friends, recording artists to come and join us online, we're doing it online right now, we're actually kicking it off on uh, April 13th, which will be next Tuesday, and allow students to engage with artists and ask whatever questions they've got in mind, what they need to know about, what do I do with my instrument now that I'm starting to play, how Mm -hmm. do I get better, what do I need to do, how do I make it a career?
2: Yeah.
3: Because the kids aren't getting that kind of information, and you know, well, you know, we grew we, up, it was a different story.
1: You know, like I was saying, so many of the great programs that each state had. I mean, New York City had some fantastic programs, and a lot of them just got destroyed and 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 thrown away. You know, it's like uh, the, the government didn't care about the kids anymore, and and at the after school projects, that what happened to all those wonderful after school projects, man? There used to be some great ones. I know mm-hmm. Dave Valentine the famous flute player. Right. Valentine, but he boy, he had an after school program at the school a school in the Bronx. I used to go there just to hang. And it was full. He would bring Latino musicians, salsa guys and we'd play with the young kids and stuff like that. Johnny Colon had a school that in Manhattan that I was teaching. Right.
3: you know and see, I, that stuff inspires kids so well man. I went from a student
1: to a teacher all of a sudden I'm you know I'm a teacher and I got guys my age and they're going oh what are you going to show me and I had right. to like oh well this you know do you know how to read music no mm-hmm. do you know how to, okay well then sit down and let's talk right. And right show you and then they'd open up you know and I'd show them play something familiar comparsa okay this is now do you know what it looks like no okay let's see what Let's break it down. Let's break this thing down, you
2: right. know?
1: And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about, you know?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I had
1: a problem, I'd have, like, um, R- Nicky Morales was one of the teachers, and uh, 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 a saxophone player, Mario Rivera. They would come and help me out, you know, if I didn't know how to uh, notate something. But it was a great school, man. It was, you know, like I said, the programs, those after-school programs were just... Treasures.
2: Yeah, and
3: that's exactly why we're doing ours like that. It's four thirty to five thirty in the afternoon. You get an hour of some really quality time yeah. it's been with somebody like me and you. You know, Larry's and he's been involved with some of our projects as well. With uh, some of the students doing shows, we, we've got access to venues down here where you know, people want to see the music with the kids. So mm-hmm. why not? I guess I those are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. And once we're gone, we've got to be able to instill in these kids that, you know, you need to replace Joe Sample. You need to replace uh, uh, Luther Vandross. So so I've told I put the word out there, whatever instrument you play, doesn't matter. If you play violin, come on in. If you play harmonica, come on in. Mm -hmm. And because the mixture of it all still will help someone, if not all of them. So at you least know, they get a better idea, you know, of what to look forward to later. An
1: ounce of inspiration goes a long way, let me tell you. Yes. An ounce of inspiration, because I remember how I felt. Right, right. You know, when I went to see Mongo Santa Maria or when, when Armando Parasa com- gave me confirmation, he says, yeah, you're okay. I can't teach you anything.
3: You know mm-hmm. what to do. That's the path. Don't right. stray, you know. Listen. Yeah, I, I got the same thing from Billy Preston. Sure. Oh, a, Billy. He just happened. He just happened to be at the back of the Uptown Theater at a midnight show, and I didn't know. Mm. One, one of the guys from the Tramps came up and said, "Hey, Vel, I got a message for you. Billy Billy Preston's in the back. He asked me to tell you that mm-hmm. you you you're getting it, man. Just keep it keep going." I was like, mm-hmm. "Billy Preston, what?" <laughs> that's serious confirmation. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, that's priceless.
3: Yeah, and like you say, it goes a long way. You know, when you're young, I mean, I was a teenager when that happened, so you know, I, I like, never forgot we, about it.
1: We have to leave the future in good hands, man. Yeah. yeah, we need the future of music. We need to make sure we, and and make sure that it's assured. You know that there are that musicianship continues, real musicianship. You know?
4: Yeah. I got, I got a reason for you, Lenny. Hmm. Check like this, man. Like, so you're, you're you're a young percussionist. I mean, you, you're playing. And you're starting, to, you know, you're starting to like get, you starting to get known as a percussionist. You know, not you, but a young percussionist. And okay. you started, mm-hmm. and you starting, you know, you, you have your stuff. You got your congas. You got your timbales. You, you got all these things. You got your bells. You got your, your all the bells and whistles. Mm. I mean, when you're talking to a young percussionist, and you tell them, how do you really approach like a recording of a song? Because when you come there, they want a percussionist. I mean, they may have some idea what they want,
2: mm-hmm. but you
4: have to interpret what's happening in that song. So, like mm-hmm. a movie score, instance, or or a jazz tune, or something, you have to interpret that. So, how do you approach that? How do how do you figure out what what instrument
1: you're going to pick up and use? Uh, and- that's a funny thing, man. I was having an, uh, a, I was talking with my mama the other day. And you know, because of this whole COVID thing, you know the studios have closed down, and a lot of no no touring and stuff. So I'm working here at home. Working at home is is unbelievable. So because I have nobody watching me, I have no time constraints. Right, know? it's a different environment. But I told my mom, you know, mom, I'm doing what I used to do when I was a kid. When I used to play drums to recordings, to vinyl. I'm just doing it to people's original stuff. Right. And the way I do it is just I just sit there and imagine myself. What do I hear? What do I think is going to be right in this situation? Yeah. You know? And it's just an innate thing. Something uh, 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 it's hard to explain, but I just know where to go. I mean, like a, a little while ago, I just did a I, I did this thing for a friend of mine. It was a one minute thing. Uh, I did about five different tracks of percussion. I finished in thirty minutes, and I sent it off. Mm. I listen. I sit there and I listen to the track, and I go, "Okay, Uh shaker, click. Congas, click. Uh, I need some bells, click. Uh, I need the cowbell, click." I just make a list of what I feel, what I feel should be in there. I just imagine myself playing, you yeah. know, live, and then I just do it. I execute it, and it just comes together. It's really weird. I mean. It's almost without trying, but I just, I just instinctively know. With all the recordings and all the stuff that I've done, and all the music that I've ingested in the years, you know, it's all at my disposal.
2: Yeah,
4: mm. when you go on the
1: road, you know, what 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 is your central, like, absolute
4: have to have, and your bag of tricks when you go out on the road that you have to have in there when you're doing a show? Like, what is the the essential thing? Because you know you got a lot of stuff, but yeah. What
1: is it's got to happen this or it's this not going to happen. It just, it really, uh, it, it depends on the gig. It really depends on the gig. The gig tells you what you need. And I never bring anything I don't need. You know, yeah. like when I did Joe Bonamassa, when I did his power blues thing, I did set of congas, set of bongos, one tambourine, shaker, and a cowbell. That's it. Mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of blues. We're doing groove and stuff. Right, 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 right. There no pictures. Uh, with Toto, I then I'm that's the bombastic stuff. That's I got the bass drum and the gong and the chimes and the and I really do a choreography, a choreography. Yeah.
3: Of- there you go, right? Uh,
1: again, Joe Bonamassa, I did a thing with him, uh, an unplugged thing. I there was no drummer, I was the only rhythm guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I played a cajon, I made up a setup. Of a Cajon and a Jimbe and oh, and a, I just made up this weird kind of hybrid, kind of weird kind of thing, you know, uh, and it it worked. So it really changes with the gig, and you have to realize that you have to understand the music, the artist, and what they want. Right, right, And when 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 I got called for that unplug thing, it was funny because I. My mom was a big fan of his before I even knew who Joe Bonamassa was. Oh wow! So uh, when they called me to do this, I listened to his music and all his music is you know bass drums, guitar, and they and the producer um, told me, "Yeah, we're doing this unplugged. There's not going to be any drummer. You got to come up with some stuff." And I'm like, "Wow!" Rehearsals were in Austria, Vienna, Austria. So <laughs> I had to think about listen to the music. And think about and imagine, what am I going to do with this? And I just came up with this posh of stuff. And I couldn't try it until I got to Vienna. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I picked all the right stuff. <laughs> Everything I took, I used. And in fact, I had to go find something else. You know, there was one thing I needed I had to go find. Yeah. Luckily, I had some musician friends that knew a good, um, good store there. But it depends. Everything I do is tailored to whoever I'm playing with. Yeah,
3: you know that's good advice for kids to hear. That's that's yeah. perfect. You know, it's yep. you know,
1: you know. I mean, my forte and my my love is in the skins, congas, bongos, timbales. That's where I started. You know, but as I've grown, I've gotten into a lot of other percussion. A lot of different cultures have great yeah. percussion. Middle Eastern, Japanese. There is not one culture in in the globe that doesn't have percussion.
2: Yeah. So,
1: you know, that's you know, when I do uh, clinics and stuff like that, I say, you know, percussion is the number one first instrument. Yeah. The thunder clapping, the rocks falling down before man was even here. Yeah. Yeah, right. And through. in the universe there is a pulse. Yeah. I call it the continual drum. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And in
1: some religions they, they say that, that there is a pulse that goes on. I yeah. think the Japanese say that it's a man hitting a drum. All the time, that the god of thunder. So, you know, percussion is very, very deep—from the littlest, smallest little cowbells shaker to the biggest gong or drum you can think of—and the whole spectrum
4: of sound. I mean, just you know, just percussion itself. People, that was the way people communicated for the longest time. Right? Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, yeah. Communication. You know those. Acts of- you know, and uh, Rhythms and all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there was a rhythm for meetings. There was a rhythm for a war.
3: There was a rhythm for everything. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know. This, a pretty- this is a very good point you guys are bringing up, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing this because there's a young kid here. He just turned 13 years old a couple of days uh-huh. ago, and I've worked with him. He plays drums. Okay. But when he walked up to me, I, I was working with... Um, Edison Arts Foundation as an instructor for kids in elementary school, just first time wanting to learn how to play an instrument,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: he walks up and he says, "Hey, yeah, well, I, I play drums." I said, "Okay, yeah, you know, have a seat," because I mean, we're talking about you know flutes right now, and so you know, I'll get to you in a minute. And uh-huh. he's just in the back, just hey, hey, calm down, calm down. You know, we'll, we'll get to that.
2: Mm-hmm. No, well,
3: I got a set of drums. I said, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, you got a set. This kid just oh, cool. got an endorsement from Tristy Symbols. Oh yeah, that's a uh, okay. Uh, uh-huh. So he's playing in uh, church with his parents now. They're they're just they're pushing him left and right. Just do yeah. your thing, and he's just there every weekend playing. <laughs> and whenever he's not there, he's at home with his set of drums. Sure, Dad yeah. plays drums, so he just watched him and picked up everything that dad was doing and then added his own flavor to it. That's it. So I, I told him, I said, I, I got somebody I want you to talk to. So if you don't mind, Lenny, I'm going to connect you with him. Cause Not a problem. This, this kid's going places. And I want to, as I see more kids like that, that yeah. you know make me look stupid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me help them. <laughs> the,
4: only, the only thing I, the only problem I have, and it's not a problem because you know you have to like just let all that out. The only uh issue I have with some of the the younger drummers mm. is they haven't learned how to play behind someone else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody wants to like, hey, I got to show what I got.
1: You know. You know, with me, it's. I tell them you got to know how to do two and four properly, neatly with a groove, right. you know, like a like a Russ Kunkel. Yeah, what, yeah. what an incredible, simple, beautiful, tasty! Wow, I love playing with. It. I've done a lot of stuff with Russell. Yeah, a lot of people think that oh, he's just gonna, uh, uh, for the man, those fills and things that he did for Carol King,
2: hey, man. come on,
1: it was. Nothing will be wasted. You yeah. got to know how to. You got to know how to walk before you run. Yeah, my mm-hmm. dad used to say, "If you can't cut a groove, uh, 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 uh. if yeah. you can't make that rock and 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 make that feeling transfer to whoever is listening,
3: right, you ain't got it. Yeah. right." And man. like you said, we it, we touched on this earlier. That it's an art of being a sideman. Yeah, you've got but, to really know what. To do what not to do.
1: I think what this young man needs, you know, what I got from doing classical music was discipline.
3: Yes. Yes. There you go.
1: Discipline. Exactly. You know, and those teachers, I remember Mr. Rosenthal, man, he was a conductor of, he was the main conductor for the uh, Manhattan orchestra and band. And one day, man, there was at at practice, there was this trumpet player, a friend of mine who was just being a wise guy. He wouldn't shut up. Mr. Rosenthal kept a, hey, 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 man! Mr. Rosenthal from the podium threw a pen, hit him right in the chest. The trumpets were all the way in the back. Said, back! Mr. Rosenthal said, "We're not going to have that here." And everybody just went, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. I mean, it was—you know—the kid just would, you know. Yeah. The thing, the point being is that you know you can't just. Come bring some ghetto nonsense or undisciplined uh, 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 behavior into this and expect to be to learn and be somebody important. You know, you got exactly to, you got to you, you have to really pay attention to what's going on and learn to look and listen and shut up.
3: Yep, right. So, good. good advice for music students listening in on our podcast today. Discipline, yeah. I mean, questions
1: asking questions is fine, you know. Right. When you're inquisitive and you don't know about so that's that's cool, but when somebody is lecturing or somebody you know, shh, hey, listen, yep. look, you learn everything.
3: Yeah, now, you know? Lenny, I got a question for you because you brought this up about your mom. I'm glad you mentioned that that you know you still talk to your mom about things here and there. Oh, of course. What advice would you give parents that are listening in on our podcast today for Ooh. their child? that are, you know how some of us think as far as music goes, like, the, well, I don't know, you know, musicians are wild, crazy, you don't want that kind of career, you need to go into the, in the in yeah. medical field, you need to go into law, but you there's a whole, <laughs> you there's a whole uh, yeah, yeah, we still do, but you know, what I'm trying to ex- at least extend to people is that there's a lot of other things other than just being a performer oh, in course. the music business where you can make residual income while you're even performing or while you're teaching or whatever you're doing. You just have what? to find
1: your you have to find your notch. You have to find your, your space, your spot. Mm-hmm. You know? And you have to look, listen, and pay attention so you get those signals that life you. Go this way. Don't do that. You know? Remember those things that your parents taught you. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's having good home foundation is very important. And for parents, you were talking about uh, the parents. To the parents, I tell them one word. Nurture. Don't push. Don't shove. Don't anything. Nurture. Grow like you're growing a plant. Make it grow. Give it my parents, man, you know, they were, they were incredible, man. They would go shopping, and they'd always go by the record shop, and if they heard something, they bought it and brought it to me. Like the first James Gang album, my parents turned me on to that. That's they were, right. They were in the department store shopping. They came home and said, Lenny, we found this. We, were, we we walked by and we heard it. We asked the guy. That was it. I never heard of the James Gang. My head blew up when I heard that album. Mm-hmm. I was like... Holy Hannah, this is some other stuff. And they're on the other side of the United States in California. You know, my parents, man, I tell you, their love for music really propelled me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my real father, my biological father was a keyboard player, but he wasn't around when I was younger. My stepdad uh, loved music. Just not a musical bone in his body. The guy just—he tried to play my bongos, and I would go, "Okay, Dad, thanks very much." So, <laughs> okay, man. And he go, "Yeah, that you play them, yeah, but you know, but you keep on practicing." And he loved music. He loved, I would. I would. Oh my! Man, so many stories I can tell you. You know, watching them, listening to the radios on the weekend with Dick Ricardo, Sugar, and Symphony Sid. They're dancing, and I'm sitting in front of the. The radio playing my bongos, the conga, you know. Their album collection was amazing. Sometimes it's just you it could be just
4: just appreciation of the music. Of music. Just being around it. She's just an enthusiast. You just love listening to it, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I mean their their record collection went from Latin to jazz to Latin jazz. Yeah. And uh, I even you know, my bedtime stories, Ray, you might like this. You remember Lord Buckley? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember those stories? Do you remember those albums? The Hit Gan, the Einy, the Einy, the, the Hip Iny, the Hit Gan, the, the Nas. I grew up, those were my bedtime stories. My mom would put that on for me. And I'd go to sleep listening to jazz jargon. You know, you know, uh, uh church stories. Because well, a lot of the stories weren't called church stories, but you know, he 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 just, oh man, what it was just an amazing, you know, thing. To listen to man, and it was cool for me. I dug it. it's so. yeah,
4: it's like now, man. You know, I'm always well. I have to give this plug always, but like now, I'm a professor at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, and i oh wow, te-
1: oh, that's excellent, man. Congratulations! Right now, we're
4: teaching uh in this semester, some music appreciation class.
1: I'm in the presence <laughs> of greatness here. Ugh.
4: So uh, <laughs> you know, I told him, I said, listen, my my class is a little different from just your normal music appreciation class. I mean, we go through the class, went through the you know medieval period to the you know, you know, renaissance period to the Baroque mm-hmm. the, the classic to the romantic period. But now, like just this week after spring break, I jumped right into this question. I had a discussion question. Here's my question I put up for them. I said, jazz versus hip hop rap. I said, let's have a discussion about how jazz has
2: influenced
4: hip hop and rap. And
2: mm-hmm.
4: artists really took that jazz music and turned it into hip hop, but still left the integrity of the song and still gave homage to the to the artists that came before him and to the greatest yeah. things. I said, "I want you to give me your opinion. I want you to think about it, and I want you to listen to these particular songs and talk about jazz because people don't realize that Bob James is like the biggest hip hop artist who's not a hip hop artist."
1: In hip-hop. Joe Sample is the same thing, too. Joe Sample, he got got sampled, no pun intended. He got sampled quite a bit. Yeah. Right. I don't know. He used to tell me, man, these guys, I don't know who these guys are, Lenny. Right. But, you know, know, he would talk about he had to cut them, you know, cutting deals with them and stuff. Yeah, man. And so these guys are really? We're going to that?
4: I said, yeah, we're going to that because you're not going to remember the classics. (laughs) You're just not. (laughs) So I want you to get that. So, you know where it came from? You know you know where music started. You
1: gotta put it in perspective for them, you know?
4: Where sheet music came from, from these new angles, with the early early beginnings of sheet music, all the way up to now, where you're Mm -hmm. trying to get rap music and hip hop, and you still have to go back because you always
1: gotta go back. Well, I like to go, I like to take students way back to Buddy Bolden in the old days. I mean, the origin of jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let's dig deep. You want to dig deep? Let's dig deeper. Deep, man, yeah, let's go down to New Orleans and let's go down to the quarter, the right. Spanish Quarter, the French Quarter. Yeah. You know, it, it's it gets so deep.
2: Yeah, I had, I had a
1: girl tell me, "Well, I don't, I don't like classical
4: music. I like hip hop." I said, "But I tell you what, listen to this all weekend while you're sleeping, while you're studying, while you're working out, while you're just stressing, while you're riding in your car." Tell me how it makes you feel. I said, Yeah, tell me which one helps you. Mm -hmm. She came back, she said, You know, when I was just like trying to wind down, I listened to it. I didn't understand the music, Mm -hmm. it helped me start to concentrate.
2: Mm -hmm. When
4: the athlete told me, Man, I couldn't listen to it while I was studying, he said, But when I was stretching before the game and I put it on, Mm -hmm. I felt so much relaxed. So, so. So much relaxed while I was doing it. I said, See, that's yeah. what I wanted to do. Open your ears and your
1: mind up to something yeah. other than this.
2: Yeah, that's no, right. Thing, same
1: right. Thing, uh, another uh, prime example country western music. Yeah. My, my mom was the one who hooked, who was into that. The old, really old style Patty Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The really beautiful stuff. My mom was way into that. And I listened to it, you know. And then what happened? In my career, I played with Dolly Parton, Clint Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing about, about understanding music. Yeah. yeah, the thing about there are some musics that are traditional
2: that yeah.
1: have to stay that way because that's what they are. Yep, right. You know, uh, Latin music, salsa. You know, it's oh, man. once you hear, I mean, unfortunately, once you've heard one song, you pretty much know what's going to go on, but that's <laughs> tradition. That's the, tradition. Hey, man. That's the right. tradition. Country Western, the same thing. You know, I, I, I what is it? I once did a session, I forget who it was was for, and I played a cowbell. Just, I was just messing around. It wasn't during the recording. It and the producer was like, hey, uh, uh, this ain't no Jimmy Buffett session, man. Put that cowbell away. Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> revelation.
2: Yeah. Revelation. Yeah. You yeah.
1: Know. Oh, country and Western. Yes, sir. But mm-hmm. you know, and that goes back to discipline. You know, those right. traditional musics <clears throat> that we have, it takes discipline to to you know to to keep them that way and to make them sound better, right? Right. You, know? you <coughs> traditional have
3: exposure to it.
1: Traditional uh, norteño ranchero. You, I mean, it's it's all there. You know, it's very traditional, very and it's that way for a reason to yeah. preserve it to make sure right. that the next generation has it. All the notes on the page are just notes. Until you bring
4: them alive, till you put and your you bring it to life. You put your soul in it and your heart and your feeling and the
2: emotion. Then mm-hmm. you go like, Oh <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, you know.
1: Um I, music is my life, it's always been that way, and it always will be. You know, it's my food for my soul, you know. And I've been lucky and blessed to have great teachers and great parents and great inspirations and motivators you know great people like like joe sample and, and melissa manchester i mean i can go on yeah. motivated me and pushed me and said go where nobody's going yeah do what nobody's doing right. and be confident about yep
2: yeah. and yeah, go, exactly. there. Yeah.
1: go there go there and don't be afraid to try oh that's right that's right and when i got into the session you know i, I when i started getting more confidence and I, I started, you know, developing more in the session, man. Then I took, I would, I would, you know, I started developing a signature. Yeah, there you a go. A whole nother topic, Larry. Yeah, yeah, uh, creating your own signature as an
4: as mm-hmm. a
3: musician. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I talk about that a lot, yeah, so especially I, with, with these workshops we're doing. Yeah, what is my what is my sound? You know, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, I thought I thought about that for a long time, and then all of a sudden, I started. When I heard myself on Ride Like the Wind with Christopher Cross, I said, I got a signature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. But, you know, I almost crashed my car when I heard it was on the radio was with the kids. I got the car. And then the kids were jumping up and down in the back, And it's, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, I have a signature. I I, I got a sound.
3: Yeah, 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 most of us do. Yeah. I, I've i listened to uh, the songs and oh, didn't yeah. know, Lenny, that you were actually playing on them, but I knew. Based on the rhythmic patterns, the <laughs> use of the different toys and everything—that's yeah. got to mm. be Lenny. That's got to mm. be Lenny. That—that's his signature. Exactly. Well, see, you know and that, the
0: same thing. It's the same thing with Larry, and same thing with you, Bill. You
3: yeah,
1: yeah. We all do. we all That's why we are where we are. Well, people. Yeah. Just, if people, yeah. it sounds like a mouse, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> no.
4: no. No. Uh, no, It's you know, like you know, you have the sound when people start to emulate you,
1: Lenny. Right. We starting to hear people. Hey, wait a minute. That that is I didn't play. That. I got I got two guy, I got two guys that have YouTube uh uh page YouTube programs. There's one guy who does the Lenny Castro style. That's that's, <laughs> that is, that's hilarious. <laughs> He even kinda looks like he looks like he's trying to look like me a little bit with the oh, horn no. with black <laughs> horn ribs. And, I contacted him when I say, Hey man, that's really nice of you, man. I'm I'm really, you know, uh that's very, you know, very nice of you to do that. It's
2: very, yeah, wow.
1: You know, and he was tweeted. He was like, oh, my God, let me Casler. Me. He, he's he, oh. let me me, just contact me. <laughs> so say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he,
0: pro- he probably thought you were calling him to uh, do a cease and desist on YouTube.
1: Yeah. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> papers, fellow? Are <laughs> no, you kidding me? I told him, continue. Do. Go. Do yeah, anything else. I'm, bro, you just... I love it. I love you. And I'm so happy that you're doing it. Thank you so much. Wow. And wow. the guy, you know, he loved it. It just made his day, you know.
2: And that's what mm-hmm. it's all about. That's what it's that's all right. about. Yeah. You know, somebody. Yeah, it's yeah, a- yeah.
1: It's it's fun thing. It's fun. It's fun. I'm loving it. And
0: you, and you thought all you were going to do was laugh. Through this uh, this incredible uh, <laughs> conversation that we're having, but I'm going to call it laugh, learn, and be inspired. I wouldn't you say that, Val? Oh, absolutely. Like that's, what, that's what happened. Oh, man. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I like I that. that T-shirt. <laughs> I, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I definitely it, wear that T-shirt.
0: The uh, the other thing that I see uh, from all three of you is egos didn't get you to where you are today. You listened, Ooh. You worked hard. You practiced. You learned. And then what they say on the shampoo bottle, rinse and repeat rinse. And over and over and over and over. And you do it because you love what you do. And uh, I, I wish everybody in life could journey through life like that. Yeah. Just loving every moment of what they're doing. That was one of uh, the first
2: and- things that
1: I promised myself was never to let my ego get away with me. Because when I started working, I mean, when I started working in LA, I started, well, even in New York. I would come across guys that thought they were the best. They were, oh, I'm, argh. you know, the neighborhood drummer. Yeah, nobody can touch with me. Yeah, nobody can, you know, no, nobody can mess with me. Yeah, yeah, you play good. You know, a couple of years later, where are you?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Where are you? Where's that attitude? That attitude get you help? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, you know, I always okay. kept that under control.
4: It's okay to have a level of confidence with yourself, of you're gonna. <laughs> Just like well, just like sports like athletes. It's like why I was just gonna say, just like a wide receiver, he cannot run that route unless he's a level four, just knowing that I, I can do this because I'm gonna believe. You know believe. that's how you rise to the top. That's how the cream rises yeah. to the top. You don't have to be like, you know, the, the dude talking his head off all the time. I'm the best in this man. I can't nobody touch me because there is
1: somebody <laughs> waiting in. For me, it was always my playing that did all the talking for me. Yeah. Get that's it. it. I don't need to, you know. I'm just going to sit down here and I'm going to play, and then, then what do you think? Your and that's you know, your talent. Talent show itself. That's all you have right. To. yeah, right, right. Yeah. There's no room for that kind of nonsense. That you know, I mean, there, there is, but in doses, in small doses. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Catch yourself mm-hmm. on the back, everyone. Man, I did good. I wow, I, right. I had to do that. I'm really, I was. That's one of the things I was really bad about was not really giving myself props. It's just, oh, that's what I do. I don't, you know, you did incredible. Sandwich. i don't know the way <laughs> yeah.
4: right I, I didn't belong like yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. i belong here. It's,
0: it's, you know. it's, it's like a fred couple's golf shot he's effortless but it goes 350 yards you do what you do huh. is you know it, it 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 looks it looks effortless but yeah. because you're so engaged you're so in that in that in that place uh, where where is happening right and oh just man,
1: good as fun there's nothing like that place. I tell you, my wife, she's so funny. My 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 wife now she's Japanese, and she always asks me, "How do you feel when you're up there on stage and you're playing?" and I said, "You know, it's like for me, it's like free flight. I'm flying through the air, oh, and I'm just going through the music, and it's just mind. you know, it's something. You know, it's very hard to explain, but it's." That euphoric thing when everything is right—the music, the place, the sound—and it's an alignment of the stars. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than that. Or a great solo—you get ready and you just—you're in that right spot mentally and everything, and you're ready. And it's you just close your eyes and you just go. You know, it's a beautiful place to be, and I yeah. wish I could share that with other people. But I well, I do in my own way. You know, right. People listen, and you, know. you have, and listen.
0: the stars, and you have, and the stars have now aligned to, in this conversation, this podcast that we've had today. This is music and percussion 101, and class is now dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a great what a great opportunity, Lenny, to meet you. And thank uh, you, thank you, um, it's
1: pleasure's all mine. I'm great to meet you too.
0: And, and Larry. Man, it's good to have you here. Larry Braggs and Vel, of course, um, you just kind of moved to Houston and we kind of met. So uh, the journey is uh, continued here. And it's now all about uh, the music and it's all about the kids and the future of our music and and doing everything we possibly can with Faith to Form to make it better, to create that next generation of people. Because if we don't do it, Nobody will. That's what yeah. F2 is all about. And nobody's
3: doing what we're doing out there. I've checked around. There are organizations that are focusing on music, on kids, and so forth. But I don't know one that is bringing professional talent to the kids right to them so that they can see, they can talk to us, they can ask questions, they can participate with us, they can play and if they are in a situation where they are unable to have their own instrument, we have a way of being able to give them one. We've yeah. given actually eight, I think it was uh, we are up to eight or nine kids now that we've given instruments to over the past year. Oh, great. And, wow. and that's from trombones to violins. Uh, just this past week, we had a violin that was donated. We gave that to, uh, I think I believe it was a 13 year old girl that needed a violin and you know, parents are struggling just trying to make ends meet from one day to the next. And, you know, yeah. we saw what the story was. Hey, look, mm-hmm. we know it's going to help her in the school work as well. It'll keep her concentration or focus. It'll develop all of that. Why not? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there you have F2F. Fantastic. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's a good place Thanks. for Lenny Castro, for Larry Braggs, for Val Lewis. I'm Ray Schillens. And, uh, I hope you learned something, because it was a great conversation. Thanks, guys.
3: Yeah, all
2: right. Thank you,
0: I hope you not only enjoyed part one and part two of this conversation with Lenny Castro, but I hope it taught you a few things about the music business, about uh, how about how being passionate and intentional about what you do is such an important thing. Lenny says, for him, music is food for the soul. Is that the same thing for you? Listen, share this podcast. If you can, tell a friend about it. It's going to be around a while, and it's always great to listen to. If you want to find out more about F2F, go to f2fmusicfoundation.org. That's where the story continues to unfold. And being a part of this music foundation is such an exciting thing. I know Phil Lewis is excited as well as uh, to where things are going. So be safe out there. We are not done with this pandemic just quite yet. But do the things that make you feel good inside, like the music that uh, drives Lenny Castro. Thanks for listening. I'm Ray Shillens.